A note. Following advice from work-life imbalance may lead to action being taken by HR, your family, the authorities, or higher powers. Welcome to Work-Life Imbalance, an advice show focusing on workplace and lifestyle issues. Any resemblance to actual advice, living or dead, or actual wisdom is purely coincidental. I'm your monstrous manager, Frank Eastman. And I'm your lovable office companion, Derek Lewis. First up, time for the daily stand-up, Derek. It's time for Work-Life Imbalance. Oh, we've got a jingle. I like it. Yeah, yeah. I may have practiced before we started. <laughs> don't don't give away all of your secrets, Derek. I'm not going to say it's going to stick, but uh, who knows? That could be our next big thing. Maybe we'll get such a, an amazing response from uh, from the people that listen that uh, that's our new jingle. I would hate for it to replace the, the intro because it's kind of been... Uh, one of my favorite things about our podcast is our, our our intro music. So, I mean, I I kind of envisioned our intro music to be as it is, but I'm I'm not going to deny <laughs> what the people want, Derek. I'm gonna have some sort of like like you know me riffing on top of the bossa nova. There we go. I'm like I'm a mercenary, Derek. If the people tell me what they want. <laughs> I will we'll deliver it to them. <laughs> we will give the people what the fuck they want. Oh, God. All right, what you got for the Daily Stand-Up? So today, Derek, I would like to discuss Pumageddon 2019. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yep. Pl- plumbing problems, Derek. Plumbing problems. Mm. It's you a, just it was couldn't a get enough one. of the devil's icker. I, I couldn't get enough of the devil's icker. No, not at all. So we we had a, a bit of a backup in the upstairs <laughs> bathrooms, which is never pleasant and not anything I want to deal with. Yeah, I it in no way is saying that you have a bathroom backup ever going to be good. Like it's either going to be a plumbing problem or a plumbing problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> neither one. Neither one's a good look. <laughs> one can be helped by enzymes sometimes i guess if if you pour them down uh the drain correctly <laughs> pour them down what frank exactly derek uh, so this here this we time go again this the last time we did this it was nothing but like like dick and goo jokes so i hope oh, that yeah. you're ready I, 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 it's something about plumbing that just kind of brings that noise. But, uh, this time, like given, given the things that were going on, the sounds, Derek, that were emanating <laughs> the sounds, the smells, various drains and, and the substances, I was like, this is a job not for me and possibly not for an old priest and a young priest. We're going to oh, need wow. the professional. <laughs> Man, you just skipped the uh, skipped the clergy and went right to the Roto-Rooter. Hmm. Yeah, Jean Renault uh, with a 
little plumber's outfit showed up. Oh man. And so like I was I was kind of expecting it to be a deal, but not quite the ordeal that it ended up being. Right. So this guy gets in there and he's like running taps and looking at things and investigating sounds and finally he's like, mm, I don't I don't really want to do this, but I'm fairly certain that we're gonna have to remove the toilet. Uh oh. And I'm like Oh no. <laughs> that that sounds bad. Is it like pulling a rotten tooth? Are we getting a a cap or what's going on? <laughs> so the guy's like, eh, it's, I mean, it's more expensive, but it's not that big of a deal. Uh, so let me go get my tools. So I'm like, okay, that's cool. I'm working from home today because I, I had a feeling, you know, the the plumber gives you... <laughs> The plumber gives you a window. Is that why you left the parking lot in like burning rubber as I was pulling in? Yes, Derek. <laughs> I had to get home so that they could fix the throne room. Oh my god! I was wondering because, like, I I know I came in a little bit late, but like you were just like peeling out of the parking lot. I was like, either either like the plumber called or the plumber didn't do the right thing, and now the house has exploded. And I was hoping, I was hoping it was the first, but honestly, I expected the second. Yeah, no, I mean, my luck suggests that it was probably going to be the second, but no, that was, <laughs> I was, I was hightailing it, hell bent for leather because the plumber called and I didn't want to give them any excuse to cancel. Right. But, uh, so the guy's like, yeah, I'm going to have to go get my tools and I'm going to take the, the toilet off. And I was like, all right, cool. I'll be, you know, in here working just let me know if you need anything or if if there's anything going on <laughs> well he's he's in there and i can hear like some clanking and then some silence and then uh-huh. some clanking and then some cursing <laughs> and then like i can hear him go down the stairs and go outside and then he comes back in dragging a whole bunch of stuff and I almost Uh-oh. like I was busy writing an email so I didn't get up and then I just hear power tools from another oh. room like oh no <laughs> it was it was like foley work for a tv show going on the next room over <laughs> exactly just and and stuff like that and I'm like that is that is vibrating the whole damn house. What? So what the fuck was he doing? What the hell? So I go in there, and uh, apparently that that toilet has never been removed. Like the entire time I've owned the house, I've never had a problem with that one. And I mean, as as I would assume, most toilets are like uh, I Derek, can't. I've got never hopes. been in a home. You've got. I've never hopes. been in a home that ha- that has had a toilet removed. And I honestly, I thought that was like a good thing. I thought that nope. was being, I mean, we're doing okay. No, nope. I think you, you got to take them off pretty regularly, you know, get in there, uh, <laughs> freshen up all I the fittings. Not getting, I am not getting anywhere in there. Like, <laughs> no. It turns out that since it had never been removed and over time, there'd been a lot of water in various areas for various reasons. Oh, so like rust and things like that? All the bolts had completely rusted solid. And so I come in there and 
dude has got a <laughs> sawzall just this old oh. house demoing my fucking toilet. Oh my just god. Just going to Whoa, town like, on it. Holy shit, your entire toilet? He Or like he, just the bolts. Just the bolts, but like I okay. just come in and there's a guy with, you know, protective goggles on and a sawzall and he's going to town on my toilet and I'm like <laughs> I didn't think it was. I didn't think it was going to be that bad. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> I I don't know what's going on. So he he like looks up and he's like, yeah, the bolts are completely rusted solid. So I'm going to have to saw these out before I can get it off. So it'll be all right, but it's going to take a while longer. And I'm like, explain. It'll be all right, please. Like, like yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you're going to have to be more specific for me to believe that it's going to be okay when you're taking power tools to, I would say, just about the most important furniture in the house. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Everything else we can go a couple days without, but that is the one that must be operational. Well, here's the thing. It had all gone to hell Sunday night. Uh-huh. They never showed up. I had called and they were supposed to come out like by 8.15 that night, and I get it. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't want to call on a weekend. I mean, sure. Because I don't like to be that dude, but at the same time, there were things <laughs> happening, Derek. Were, when the house is haunted, needs. you have to call the Ghostbusters, even if it's 8 p.m. <laughs> on a Sunday. And these fuckers just didn't show up, like not a call, nothing. And then finally, like an hour and a half after the window was passed, like there was a manager that called and he was a little upset. He was like, has anybody gotten a hold of you? And I'm like, nope. And, and, you know, he, he let me know that they were running terribly behind and we should probably reschedule for the next day. And I'm like, yeah, that's, I, I gathered (sighs) I, it is 10 o'clock on a Sunday night. Uh, I assume that you were going to reschedule me. Jesus Christ. So, Jean Renault has, has now saws <laughs> old out the toilet and taken it off and set it aside. And he's got the Roto-Rooter of, you know, by which the company is named. Mm-hmm. And he's running <laughs> it through the pipe. And so, I I knew a little bit about pipes. I've I've learned a lot more about where the poop goes, Derek, than I wanted to, both from running this podcast and owning a terrible shitty ass house. Uh-huh. And so the like with the with the John it goes down and then turns and then there's a vertical pipe and it actually vents out uh your roof so that all the sewer gases will go up and then fly into the air. Okay. As opposed to into the house. Like, that's that's just how they go. And then there's the down, and when you flush, it goes along, and then it hits that, and it goes to the down position and, and leaves the premises. That all that checks out. That's fine. Yep. I'm with you. So dude runs the snake, and the snake apparently takes a wrong turn and goes northward. Okay. And he's like, hmm, sir, can... Can I get your assistance with something real quick? And I'm like, yeah, man, whatever. Like, this is, I'm invested. <laughs> man, you are way more like 
amicable and and raring to go than I would have been. I would have made him describe what he needed help with first. Like, I should absolutely. I should have. <laughs> which I'll get to in a moment. But you got to understand, Derek. We've been without the bathroom facilities. You, you were really hankering for a turlet. <laughs> and like you can only go and use the, the, the KFC toilet so many times before they make you buy something. Exactly. <laughs> I'm on a low-carb diet, Derek. <laughs> they, got, they got nothing for you there. That's So he's like, can you, can you go out and check this pipe? And if you if you hear like metal on metal banging or uh, if the auger comes out of the pipe, can you let me know? And I'm like, sure. So here I am standing on my back porch looking at a pipe that's on my roof. Not terribly far away, to be honest. Uh It's it's maybe 12 feet in the air. Sure. So six feet above my head. (laughs) And I'm sitting there watching it, and the devil's top appears <laughs> into the light of day, spinning at high speed. And you know what happens with things spin at high oh, speed, no. Derek? Oh no! It's slung. Let's just let's just say particulates. <laughs> Oh, God. It was not, I mean, it's not a lot. It's not like I was standing next to the mud pit at the monster truck show or anything. Right. It was just just like, I'm looking up and I'm like, that thing seems to be spinning at a pretty good speed. And now there's a couple of speckly bits on my glasses. Uh, But uh, at any rate, he backs the thing out and I'm like, yep, it was... It was going in the wrong direction, my man. <laughs> you, you, you walk in, you look like a like a, br- a can of brown spray paint has exploded. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to say a word. It wasn't that bad, but I was <laughs> like, yeah, it comes out, man. It's it's going out the wrong way. So he, he feeds all the line back in and wiggles it around until it's going in the right direction. This time I was, he was like, I need to see if it's coming, if it's going in the right direction. I was like, yes, you do. <laughs> Fool me once. Shame on you. Oh, Fool me twice. No, no I, I did not go back outside in order to witness <laughs> the emergence of the fucking alien chest burster again out of the roof of my home. Oh. I mean, did he finally get it going in the right direction? Yeah, he he got it going in the right direction, got everything cleaned out, um, and a lot of rust. That's the problem. Like, I've got an old house, and it's got old cast iron pipes that apparently have never been really well taken care of or anything. Right, and And not treated uh, or anything like that. Right, and so a decent amount of it is that, you know, the things are rusting from the inside out, which, which happens, but it's slow, and I'm like, cool, slow, how slow is slow? And they're like, you know, the, you might need to replace them in about 60 years. And I'm like, cool, let me see, how old is this house? <laughs> Fuck. Oh, yeah. Mm. Right on time for Frank Eastman. Right on time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let us uh, cleanse ourselves of the devil's ichor 
and uh, go to a question from the internet. It's time for fresh beginnings. Fresh beginnings. Fresh beginnings. <laughs> Let's say one has been self-employed for over a decade. Yet, since business is slowing down in that field, they want to re-enter the workforce. How do you suggest going about it where one doesn't end up managing a fast food restaurant? From Anonymous in Annapolis. This is kind of a tough one. And, I mean, personally, it's not something that that I have encountered. Because, uh, uh, you know, I made my mistake you know, 10, 12 years ago with my chosen profession and, uh, and I have been allowed to stay with it. So I will, uh, continue my mistake until I die. But for, for others that have, uh, either you know, made the mistake and, and then decided to switch or, uh, like you said, things have dried up. Uh, what do you, what do you do to, to reinvent yourself that doesn't reinvent you into a fast food cook? I had given some contemplation to this in the opposite direction, like okay. going from I've, I've been basically since I exited the college industrial complex, I entered the workforce and I had been giving thought not, uh, unrecently ago to sort of branching out into, into my own thing. Okay. But then I started running the numbers and I was like, even if I'm successful at this, there'll be a certain amount of time in which I will both have a mortgage and make bupkis. Right. And these two <laughs> things, they don't mix very well. Traditionally. I mean, not in my experience. Um, so uh, you've been thinking about, uh, so have you been thinking about reinventing yourself or just, you know, harnessing your own power, uh, for your, for yourself? I mean, I'm always thinking about reinventing myself, Derek, shedding this, this pupa <laughs> and emerging oh, God, fully oh. formed into the light of day as a beautiful butterfly of all the words that you could have chosen. I mean, cocoon would have sufficed. But you went to fucking pupa, like that's the worst, the grossest version of the uh, dormant states of insects. Like, well, I, I don't think nymph would have been appropriate, Derek. Well, but the I think the visuals would have been very, uh, very pleasant. Like you kind of, it does have that kind of like uh like fairy quality to it. So I can see you just like frolicking through the forest. I don't know. That's me, Derek. I'm a big frolicker. I knew that when I first saw you. <laughs> I pegged, <laughs> pegged you for a frolicker. But how to go in the opposite direction, that's that's the question we've been asked. So, I, get, I, I mean, I think the question is primarily, like, do you want to, like, re-enter the field working for someone else? Like, do you want to go into the same field working for somebody else? Uh, or do you want to, like, completely reinvent yourself altogether? Because... Um, I, I can see one being far, far easier than the other. A decade and then trying to reinvent yourself where you haven't necessarily been, you know, collecting a lot of work experience. That's going to be difficult. I would say if you've got a decade of self-employed business, you enter the same field, but you pitch yourself... As a transformation agent. 
<laughs> so you be become a a consultant uh, for yes. the thing that you used to do by yourself. Exactly. I mean, this is something that we see all the fucking time. Like, essentially, there's like in in our field, like there's like there's a career path. There or there's it splits into one of three things. You become or, or you stay a software developer. You become a manager, or you become a like you said a a change agent consultant. Somebody that goes around and gets paid a shit ton of money to talk to other teams that are now doing the thing that you used to do. And uh, that is extremely lucrative, like far more lucrative than I would have thought. Like, oh, yeah, (laughs) the amount of money that these people rake in is insane. Like if if you've been self-employed as a baker for over a decade, you don't keep baking cakes. No, 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 there's no money in actually baking cakes. (laughs) What you do is you go around and you reform bakeries. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Efficiency is up. Waste is down. You know how to turn a failing bakery business around. So I I think you're you're onto something more than more than just the goof. Because take a look at Gordon Ramsay, who is one of the best cooks in the world one of the most successful restaurateurs in the world. And what did he become? Like he became somebody that goes kitchen to kitchen, like showing them how to fix their shit. He's also got, you know, the competition shows and stuff like that, but you know, primarily like, you know, kitchen from hell or, or whatever uh, that stuff was. He goes into a kitchen and tells them how fucked up it is and tells them how to unfuck it. And, Maybe he doesn't make a ton of money from like actually doing that service because he's so famous. He gets money from the TV show. But somebody who is actually performing that service for pretty much any industry of that nature, I think, I mean, I I would say that's probably, <laughs> there's really no more discussion. Like, <laughs> we have we have figured it out. If we have you figured were, it out. If, if you've got 10 years of experience in being the school janitor... You uh-huh. rebrand yourself, and now you've got a television show, Middle School Bathroom from Hell, <laughs> where you come in and you reform the whole custodial services for a local school district. You've got the kids. It's got the it's got the feel good human angle factor, right? It's got that that slight gross out factor that makes for great television. That people are just going to keep watching. <laughs> Where you're right. in there and you're just like, you're scraping up something off the bathroom floor in right. the boys' middle school bathroom. And then it's got the feel, you know, then it's got the transformation story. I, I can totally see that. And, and the thing is, like, a lot of janitors that I've come across, you know, growing up and stuff like that, they were all very kind and very nice people. So, like, that's going to make for a, a very heartwarming finish. Once they reform everything and things uh, really turn around and the bathrooms become super clean and, you know, there's no more gum stuck under every single desk. Uh, then they really get into the personal story of the janitors and they'll, they'll do some like big uh, grandiose gesture. I, uh, nothing's coming to mind for what they could do for the janitors, but like, like buy them a new car or like, pay off their home or something yeah like some like big grandiose gesture oh, that'd be heartwarming tv frank 
Man, I, I'm I'm on board. Like people, sh- if people listen to this, they've got it made in the shade in terms of like new television products. <laughs> I mean, we're just I coming up with them left of, and right, man. That's what we that, do. I mean, that's kind of the story of our podcast. I think, Derek. I think we're gonna have to rebrand. We're gonna have to change the show. We're gonna become Pitchman. You want to go to Los Angeles with me? No, but I mean, I like the Pitchman idea. Just maybe somewhere else. Like, <laughs> like that's where the lights are, Derek. How about we get true. an issue from the internet while we think about it? That's a good. That's that's a good idea. That's a. You might say that's a good pitch. All right, so this this question or this issue, it's a bit of a, a lengthy one, but but I promise you the payoff is worth it. <laughs> the title is, I've killed my colleagues' characters during an RPG, RPG session. Now they won't talk to me by Anon. Enough, there wasn't a name. They just chose to name themselves Anon. He says Anon, but we know who it is, Doug. <laughs> Oh, God. All right. Fuck you, Doug. Seriously, like a preemptive fuck you, Doug, is absolutely called for. I'm a software developer, and I've been with my current company for about four months now. I've started spending most of my break time with a group of colleagues who share similar interests, mostly board games and RPGs. To some back, to give some background as to how close we were, we generally ate lunch together, spent most of our extra break time chatting about random stuff, etc. We also met once or twice after work to play board games and share a beer. Hopefully, not like actually share a single beer, just one, just, just one a beer. single Rolling Rock, one single, one single uh, Stella Artois. <laughs> they were fancy. Ah, uh, see, I see. You get the fancy beer. <laughs> Then you can you share split it. it. <laughs> about three weeks ago, they started talking about their RPG, in parentheses, D&D session. And since they saw that I was clearly interested, I was invited to join them. To my knowledge, the campaign was about three sessions in, and I was one of three new people who would be joining for a total of seven players. God damn, that's a lot of players. Um, after about an hour spent creating our new characters, we started actually playing. After some generic role play and initial introduction, we were involved in a fight. We won the fight, but most of the party was severely injured, and two of the other six were actually unconscious. We were about to wrap up the session and get back to town, but I've but I've stopped them because I was struck with a, in parentheses, not-so-brilliant idea... Since my character was chaotic evil, I've decided that I will now try to take advantage of this opportune moment and try to kill the remainder of the party for personal gain, Uh, since it was definitely something my character would do. After some initial confusion, I started fighting the rest of my party, and I win. At this point, I noticed while some of my friends were shocked and surprised by the situation, the rest were clearly disgusted, as this meant creating new characters, starting a new story, etc., now, I understand that my colleagues didn't want to play D&D with me anymore because they didn't consider what I did fun or just didn't like it. However, I never expected them to almost completely exclude me from their group, and that's exactly what they did. The next couple of days, our group chat was absolutely silent. No big deal. I thought that simply nobody was in the mood. Uh, the problem is that I've noticed that all of them are still doing those things together, just without me. This leads me to believe they created a new group chat, excluding me. The situation seems surreal to me, as it was not my intention to upset anyone. 
I find it hard to believe that killing somebody's fictional character can lead to such a behavior, uh, especially since they can roll back the entire campaign if they want to. Blackleaf, my, no. <laughs> my guess is that they're trying to punish me for what I did. However, I find it childish. My question is, what would be the best best way to repair my work relations with my colleagues after such an incident? So here's the thing. I invite someone over to my home and they drop trow and shit in the middle of my couch. I am not childishly excluding them from any more parties at my place. Right. I'm just not inviting the guy who drops trow and shits in my couch. Right. Like that's I mean, that's completely it, reasonable. Yeah, that that is uh that is clearly action reaction. Like that—that that is, I mean, so one of the things that he says is, I find it hard to believe that killing somebody's fictional character can lead to such behavior. Um, no, that is complete bullshit. Like, you know, these characters took not too long to to create, but like it's it's a fictional world. Fictional characters, people get attached to them. Um, people get pissed if you kill them in like a multiplayer grudge match where you respawn. Like if people get pissed about dying in that scenario, you don't think they're going to get like mad at something else that is permadeath like this. Like you, you should, you had to have known, like how could he be so oblivious as to not understand what he was doing? (laughs) People get attached to characters, Derek. It, it happens. For instance, I still haven't forgiven Joss Whedon for that thing he did after the TV show I like. I'm not sure what you're talking about. I thought the TV show that we liked was, uh, it was just a TV show and that was it. Exactly. There is nothing else after that. (laughs) And that's how it's going to stay forever. Right. Because I dropped Joss from the goddamn group chat. After he went and done, done us dirty. So, so the thing that is just that is just wild to me, uh, other than him not thinking that that they would be mad about this, is that uh, he kind of fall he kind of fell into the trap of you know chaotic evil slash chaotic stupid, and or, or you know like my guy syndrome where you know their their whole character uh, he, like. Their character doesn't have any actual agency. It's just they're chaotic evil. So they're just going to so or they're just going to go do stupid shit, like stupid evil shit. What I do, if I sit down with a group of new people, the first person to say I'm rolling up a chaotic evil and they get the Eve out. Uh-huh. They have already been removed from the chat group and ejected from the room. <laughs> I mean, is there any way to, I mean, can you play a chaotic evil character, uh, which, you know, for those who may not play D and D, like there are, there are nine total, uh, orientations that you, that you can be. That's a combination of lawful, neutral, chaotic, and good, neutral, evil. So there's like lawful good on the, the holiest end of the spectrum, the, the nerdiest, the, uh, the most, uh, straight laced is, you know, lawful good. And then you have the whole spectrum that ends with chaotic evil, which means that 
that they aren't they aren't just out for personal gain. They aren't going to follow the laws, and they are strictly evil. That doesn't necessarily mean that they are going to kill everything they see. Like, is there any way to create a a chaotic evil character that 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 doesn't just kill everything? I don't. Like, I don't want to say no, but here's the thing: if if someone is with a group of people that they don't know, and that's the direction they want to go in, oh my! They God. have already proven to me that they have both poor intent and <laughs> bad decision making skills. One hundred percent, and not not even joking. Like you are absolutely right. Somebody to come into a new group and choose chaotic evil, and and all of the 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 bullshit that's about, that is about to happen because of that decision. That is a bad choice from minute one. Like you start off, I'm going to even go so far as to say chaotic neutral <laughs> is a bad look. That's a bad choice. That's a no-no right. maneuver for your first group. Right. Like the farthest in the wackadoodle direction that you can get is true neutral, perhaps, when you're starting off with a new group of people. Here, I'm putting, I'm putting that line in the sand. Right. You start with a new group, the weirdest you can get is true neutral. Everything's got to okay. be, everything's got to go from there. Not more chaotic so and not more evil. <laughs> So, uh, so like, uh, so it's not necessarily, it's not the evil part specifically, and it's not the chaotic, the chaotic part exclusively. It is the, the, basically you're saying that you can't be chaotic, uh, if you, if you aren't a, if you aren't good, because, uh, any semblance of chaos that is uh, absent of goodness is going to end in somebody getting mad and somebody flipping the table at some point because of a dumb fucking decision that that character made for sure. <sighs> Frank's rules for living. So, okay. So this guy, he goobered it up real bad. Like in, in no uncertain terms, uh, I believe uh, looking at the question or the, the answers to this question, uh, dude got roasted. Like <laughs> dude got, got lit the fuck up. Um, so what can we, what can we, can we say to him, uh, of how to heal that relationship that is clearly so broken for the heinous acts that he has committed? <sighs> I mean, some sins. sort of like food based, food based apology. Yes, a food-based apology. You're going to have to bake memorial cakes for every single character <laughs> that fell during this incident. And with this, like, it sounds like there's at least six of them. I mean... That's six cakes, not six layers on one cake. I, I was about to ask. You can't like, cheap like, ass out. I <laughs> couldn't be six layers in a single cake, but you answered it. So it has to be six uh, individual separate cakes. Six individual, separate, fully decorated cakes. I know it's trendy to go for the naked cake with no, the no, no, sides no, no, no. that you can still see mm -mm. through the buttercream, but nope, not in this instance. That's just laziness. <laughs> You're saving yourself some time and icing. You you butter that bastard, maybe even fondant. Like, you cover that bitch up. And so, like, so, <laughs> uh, does it just say, like, I'm sorry... Uh, Feldenir, I'm sorry, Balthazar, like, 
or does he have to get even more descriptive than that? I think I think each one is going like the only way to do this tastefully is each cake is going to have to be a bust of the character. <laughs> um I mean I I think that is fitting. Uh I think it's I think it's difficult. Uh and and honestly not you know, I I think that 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 making somebody create a bust of uh, the fallen character is perfectly acceptable, except for they've only been doing it for a few weeks. So I don't think that they had had any professional drawings of the characters. Like, I mean, sometimes you got to work with your imagination, Derek. This is, this is imagination space that we're playing. in. so, I mean, to some extent it can be an interpretation, but it, it has to be good work. And right. here's the thing, it's a penance. If the penance were easy, then everybody would just continue to sin in the ways that they have been sinning. No, this person is going to have to become a master baker and cake decorator. They're going to have to be able to win cake wars <laughs> before they're allowed back at the table to roll them bones. I mean, in, in fact, like going to like cake wars or like, like some sort of, you know, UK bake off or American bake off anything like that will be, that will be pardon the pun, but that will be a cakewalk compared to the hell that they're being put through for this. But like you said, you, if you do the crime, you got to do the time. They, they have to give penance and that's the only thing. And, and if, if their penance is not accepted, it it doesn't matter. They they still have to do it. Uh, so with that, uh, you want to move on to another question? Let's. Boys. Mm-hmm. And to editorialize for a moment, that seems to be a thing that, that is starting to happen. People calling us boys. I don't know I why. I like it. I I like it. Boys. I just started a new software developer job and they've given me a choice of new workstation, Mac, PC, or Linux. Which should I choose and oh. why? Bewildered oh. and Ballard. Oh. Uh, I, I'm afraid that I'm going to make some enemies here. I really am. Because I, I think. You choose the, the think- Mac. Mac or PC, I think you're fairly safe, but I will never and have never in my life been happy uh, with a Linux distribution ever in my entire life. Uh, like whenever I had a, a Linux distribution, all I did was manage my Linux distribution. I was making sure that it didn't explode <laughs> and with with uh, other people like actually doing other things like playing video games, even on a Linux distribution, I have a great amount of um, envy. I guess <laughs> I'm very envious. So, what I'm hearing from you, Derek, is that they should choose the Linux because if they choose the Linux, that is demonstrating that they've got their shit together. It's it's either it's either demonstrating it or at least giving the illusion of it. So what I'm what I'm hearing is Mac is like the slip-on boat shoes. Uh-huh. You you pick you pick the the Mac and and their slip-ons and it's stylish, but there's not a lot of skill involved. 
right. The PC, it's, it's well with the, the Mac, it's stylish, it's comfortable, but you're not going to do everything with it. Now, the PC is some trainers with Velcro. Oh, exactly. <laughs> and the Linux, if you choose the Linux, that shows that you've got trainers and you can tie a big boy knot. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like Linux is like the six-inch heel <laughs> of... Uh, distributions or of operating systems because right. so there slip aren't on many people trainer and then like queen slash stripper boot absolutely uh or, or like right. stilettos or something um because they are they are they're beautiful they are uh they're daunting they cause lots of calf pain <laughs> and uh and not many people can do it well and it's a sign of of pride if you're able to kind of wrangle wrangle them and do your other things like like a dancer who's wearing a ballet flat uh that's cool if she's got skills but like do the same thing in like a six inch stiletto and like that's a whole new level of skill you got the skill to do the thing and you got the skill to do the thing in a stiletto um Mm -hmm. i feel that's kind of how it's like with the linux distribution um but you're right it is absolutely a power move like you come in and you say, give me the Linux one. And and then you'll have to be sure you're not expected to do anything meaningful for the next like two weeks while you crash course. While you learn how to walk again. <laughs> and, and it will be hard and you will fall and you will cry. Now, is and, it uh, is it endearingly vulnerable to choose the heel? And then twist your ankle. Like, I, I read about a study that suggests that people actually like vulnerability in other people, which means I've been living my life incorrectly for the last 39 no, years. No, I don't think so. I, I don't think so. I think, I, think, I think you still have it right. All right, because um, I was going to wear a midriff shirt so that everybody could see the flashing red thing in the center of my belly. I mean, the strategy guide has been out for many months now, so I don't think they needed to, the belly shirt to see it, but everybody knows it's there. It's fine. If you um, hit me there, like, my pants fall down. That's it? Yeah. I well, then you, can, then you can get a good combo in. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no, I, I, think that, I think that how endearing, uh, like you said, twisting your ankle... <laughs> on a Linux distribution would be is how many people see it and who sees you. Like if you're uh, if you're doing this in front of the entire company and you know you fall and you twist your ankle, probably not a good look. But if you fall in front of somebody who who is a Linux guru and is kind-hearted, then I mean then you have like the the beginnings of like a rom-com and and they may take you under their wing and you know teach you how to to Linux. Maybe not. Like, so you get that person, but then you go straight for the Roxanne. Okay. You get an earpiece and you have them walk you through setting up the Linux box. I I, th- I feel like we've done this before in in a in a a different scenario, but a similar uh, setup where we have somebody you know feeding information. 
it, it works if it's somebody outside of the company that doesn't already have something to do. Like if somebody, maybe if somebody's on vacation or on sabbatical, you could get them to do it. But uh, it's going to be a bad look when their productivity drops to zero and yours is only slowly climbing. I mean, the Debrushiak is is a classic <laughs> maneuver, Derek. Like tried, that's why we come back true. to it. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I think the the chance of failure is high. But if you can wrangle Linux, I think uh, I think you will gain the respect of everybody in your office. I mean, not for good reasons. It's I mean, it's like it's kind of like going to prison. Everybody respects you for taking out the biggest guy there. Like it's a begrudging respect, I guess. It's it's a respect out of fear. <laughs> so uh, so um, you're not going to get love for the Linux respect. <sighs> Want to go to a issue from the Internet? All right, now, I feel this next question is something that both of us uh, can relate to, so I feel it's going to be uh, right up our alley. Maybe not that we have an answer for it, but we can commiserate with the question asker. What do you do if you are accidentally following someone by relics? With an X, not with a CS. X. So is this one of those situations where you're walking along and the person's walking along and you're walking along and they're walking along and then you realize... They're looking over their shoulder, so you start looking over your shoulder, and there's nobody following you, and it dawns on you, oh shit. That you, you is the creeper. I'm following them. Imagine this, you're male in, your late, in, your, in their late 20s. It is dark, and you're ta- taking the shortest route to your home car or llama oddly specific uh after after some time you realize you have been following someone to make it worse the someone is a young woman walking alone and she looks nervous because you have been following her usually i take the easy option and just change sides but now it is not always an option with narrow roads or if you're going somewhere where you can only get by going on the same road and sometimes they end up on the same side of the road anyway I have also just tried walking faster so that I could pass them, but I quickly, quickly learned that was a terrible choice. <laughs> <laughs> How can I get where I'm going without scaring people in front of me who might think that I'm following them? I see a flaw in your cunning plan by speeding up. Because <laughs> then they speed up, and then you speed up again, and then they speed up, <laughs> and then you're getting arrested. <laughs> Or, or at the very least, you're you're both just sprinting, which is never good. Like I've I've rarely been running and thought it's good that I'm doing this. Like I'm either running from something or trying to catch something or trying to get healthy. In any ca- in any case, I'm not happy that I'm doing it. <sighs> but no, th- this is I feel this is something we we can both relate to this. It's 2019, and I think uh huh. You're going to have to lean in. Okay. (laughs) Proceed carefully. (laughs) Just go ahead, get yourself a sneaky theme song, and then begin Uh singing it loudly to yourself. (laughs) And then begin very obviously tiptoeing from shadow to shadow. 
uh, do you have some sort of like uh like you know cloak or hat or anything in your bag for just such an occasion? Yeah, I think we're going to have to go ahead and we're going to have to pack our backpack for this. This is when you get the hat with the wide brim uh-huh. and the cloak, the cheap one. You don't go too too expensive <laughs> into this. I'm because thinking you're going to have to fold it up. Like you you yeah, it, it's, it's not going to be something that's like quality fabric. Like you want like just it's, cheap cotton. It's going to be wrinkled to shit anyway, so you sure. might as well go for the polyester Dracula cape from the right. Halloween <laughs> store. Although that might send a mixed message, I, I feel. And then you just whip that out, draw it up around yourself, start singing your theme song for sneaking along, and turn it into a game. I'm concerned, because uh, cause I'll be honest, Frank, that sounds like a real good way to get tased or pepper sprayed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not wanting to poo-poo on your idea because it's 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 charming and it's clever. We all um, have to endure some pain for our art, Derek. <laughs> <laughs> well, in that case, in that case, I'm all for it. Like then, then I'm fine. Uh, as long as you know that some sort of physical harm will come to you, but it it may be worth it. But no, th- this has happened to me. On more than one occasion, and I am hyper aware uh, of when it's happening. Uh, may, maybe, maybe not as much as I should. Like maybe there are some cases where this happens, and I don't think about it. Um, but most of the time, when I am walking uh, just near somebody smaller, like anybody that is is small and and seems like uh, my my <laughs> the sheer size of me is intimidating, I will go out of my way to like look less so like, like, I I don't know, maybe I'll like, uh, talk or something because I think that would be enough to just assuage any fears whatsoever. Just like, I guess talk on the phone. It's like, Hey y'all, what's, what's going on? It's just, just pretend to get a phone call. Start talking about all those puppies that you are fostering. It's good. That, that's good. That's good. Uh, How you just puppies. got off your shift at the soup kitchen, right? <laughs> that all the the children in the uh, the the, ch- the kid cancer ward really enjoyed the show that I put on. Um, all that. Just which, since you're wearing pre- the cape, will help tie things together. <laughs> no, 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 no. We don't have to have the cape. We can with mine. We didn't have to have the cape. Um, I mean, I I hate that that this happens sometimes. Like it just just so happens to, to to be walking behind somebody, and they think that you are a stalker. Um, I mean, honestly, they have like no no uh, they have nothing to lose by treating you like a stalker because, like, if you are a stalker, then they're doing the right thing. If you're not a stalker, you didn't care what they were gonna do anyway. So like, either way. Sure. If I'm walking near anybody and they treat me like a stalker, I'm not saying it's the right thing to do. I'm just, <laughs> just I'm, saying. I'm just used to people crossing the street to get away from me anyway. <laughs> I I honestly don't notice when this is happening or has happened. Uh-huh. And really? maybe that's my bet. Yeah, I'm like, I can't. I can't put my finger on a time in which this has happened. And I have to assume it's because it has. 
and I just have been too oblivious to notice. Yeah, I I think I think you're right. I think it's it's one of a couple things. Either uh they they heard you talking about nerdy things and they were like, ah, he's 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 big, but he's harmless. Um or they already crossed the street to completely avoid even even you know distant proximity from you. I'm thinking one thing that I might do to diffuse the situation would just be to yell out, Okay, now you do me. You stalk me. <laughs> so it's like an impromptu game of like slow tag yeah and then, and then they can start creepily following me and i'll just keep looking <laughs> over my shoulder it's not bad uh alternatively you could also just like yell out i'm not a creeper <laughs> yes Derek, that- but wouldn't a creeper say that oh no mm. <laughs> my plan no wonder people have run away from me so fast i i i'm just trying to tell them that i'm not a stalker and or creeper and for some reason, they just run faster. Wait, ma'am, stop. I'm not a creeper. <laughs> I, I promise I'm not a murderer. But no, you're right. That is... Come to, th- come to think of it, that is what a murderer would say. Hmm. <laughs> Should have thought through my plan a little more. <sighs> I think the, uh, the only other choice you have is to stop in your tracks and call an Uber. Even if I you're mean, even if you're like a block from your own car. <laughs> I honestly like the, the the extent to which I would go out of my way to avoid a situation like this, I would probably do that. Like I would either I'd either call an Uber and uh let them take me the, the extra half block to my destination, uh, or just like stop no, here's what here's what I actually do. Like, if I notice that I'm walking behind somebody and they're like taking notice, uh, if we're like on a a street that has shops, I will just like hang a right and go into a shop for a while until until they are, you know, far off the distance. I mean, I don't really think I want uh any of the products in the extreme bondage collection store that I went into, but. I learned a lot. You can always pick up a little something, something for yourself, Derek. Or anywhere for, you or go. For, yeah, for myself or for my my closest friends. I'm thinking, if if you've got this going on, one way to appear less threatening is to start singing a Michael Jackson song from his '80s period uh-huh. and dance walking. <laughs> it's hard to be afraid of someone. Who's dance walking? That is true. That is absolutely true. I have never, I have never seen somebody dance walking towards me and even remotely been afraid that they might harm me. But see, the problem is now that you've said that, like all the stalkers out there are going to start learning how to, to moonwalk. And, <laughs> and before you know it, they're going to be, uh, I mean, quite impressively, uh, catching up to their victims, uh, doing the moonwalk. And then also, I guess you can't, you can't sing bad. No. Uh, and thriller is probably a bad, or beat it. 
can't beat it. It's not great. Not not great. Smooth criminal. Mm. <laughs> we might have to workshop this plan a bit, Derek. That one may be the worst. Like, <laughs> oh, <sighs> want to punch the clock? Yes. Oh my god. All right. Before we go, send us your questions. Frank, you like questions, don't you? I love questions, Derek. You hear that, listeners? Frank loves questions, and I I love questions, too. So if you have any questions that you would like to answer or you would like us to answer on air, send them to questions at WLICast.com. That would just be, that would be so swell. It would be Uh, peachy keen. Peachy fucking keen. Uh, Make sure to visit WLICast.com to check out all the links to all of our social media, our Patreon, merch store, and anything else you can think of that is work-life imbalance related. To all of our wonderful patrons on Patreon, thank you for being a part of the team and for supporting us. We appreciate it so much. Uh, To our listeners who aren't supporting us on Patreon, uh, consider doing so, as it'll help us do more and do better, and you'll also pick up some cool perks like swag, shoutouts, and t-shirts. You can check it out at patreon.com forward slash WLICast. And guys, please do us a favor and tell someone you know about the show. Getting more listeners and growing our reach will only mean good things, so do your part and spread the word. This has been the Work Life Imbalance Podcast. I'm Frank Eastman. I'm Derek Lewis. And with that, (laughs) I think we're going to have to transfer you. I mean, every time I go to the grocery store, I'm singing that the whole time. People, People look at me really funny when I'm up against like the wall of watermelons, just like my back against it, arms outstretched, trying to make myself as small as possible. Just doing the cronk. Emperor's New Groove. <laughs>